We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Robbie Hummel, and uh, we got a great episode for you today, an absolutely terrific episode. We have not just one Hurley. We have both Hurley brothers. We we, we got Danny and Bobby on, and uh, Hummel's never really been around these guys, so this is going to be an interesting experience for Rob. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm honestly, I'm surprised that they will agree to come on with you with all the shit you blow both of them but yeah. i'm excited I, yeah I'm excited i mean listen i don't know why i can't answer that question but they'll they'll be here as far as i know they're going to be showing up here in about 10 minutes so uh make sure you uh stick around for that make sure you subscribe to the pod obviously uh goodman humble pod every single week uh robbie is uh back on his grind i'll, I'll give you credit like i make fun of you a lot um but you you are grinding right now. You're everywhere. We ESPN and BTN. You are everywhere. Last night you were at the game of the night, and maybe I don't know if it was the most controversial ending of the year, but certainly up there with yeah, Ohio State yeah. Rutgers and how this thing concluded with a game winner, in which we saw a player, uh, you know, holding. I mean, yeah, Tanner Holden just kind of goes out of bounds. He's just yeah. watching the ball, and he's unaware, I would say, of where he is on the court. Um, it it was a great game, and it's it's unfortunate that the ending, I think, was affected by a call like that, especially because Rutgers played so well. Um, you could also make the case, though, that if Caleb McConnell makes the free throw, it's a moot point. The game right. is over. That's right. Um, but I think when you go back and watch – I know there's a gray area with the officiating where you could make the case his momentum took him out of bounds. I disagree with that. I, and I I wish I had realized we he made the shot. We showed the reaction of the players, and then it was like 20 seconds to off air. Off. One replay. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't I, I was watching Thornton, and I think it's also tough when you're doing these games, you know, that's on the other side of the floor, and you don't really look at your monitor. You know, you're watching with your own eyes. Right. You're watching so, the ball. Yeah, you're watching the ball ball and with the one replay i saw i didn't even think about well maybe holden was out of bounds you know that never even crossed my mind so i saw it after the fact after the game ended immediately and it's like oh my god that that should have been out of bounds i mean he he's out he comes back in i don't think he got two feet in and it sounds like he can't be the first person to touch the ball anyway that's right 
That's so, right. He went out. The only way it would have been legal is if he had kind of been pushed out or forced or, out. Yeah, and he he wasn't. He was not forced out. I, so. I'm really interested. In, you know, this is what Friday. We're recording this at 10:52 Central. I have not seen a statement from the Big Ten, and I I think they owe it to Rutgers to issue that. I mean, that, that's yep. Just to say, and not that it changes the game. They're not, not going to. They're not going to do that. You know, and they I, never do that. No, I mean, I don't know can't. when the last time they that, ever That's did. probably, I don't think that's, I've never seen that happen. Ever. But right. I do think they owe it to Rutgers yeah. to say, all right, we made a and, mistake. And, and we want to say, Rob, honestly, Roger Ayers might be as no, good of an official as there is rep. on the totally. planet. Totally. I, I think it's a, it's a tough play to officiate because you're watching the ball. I don't know why Tanner Holden is just backing out out of bounds. I, I have no explanation for that. However, I think the official's job is hard enough as it is. I think, and it's not that I know shit about officiating, but if it was up to me, I would say any game-winning shot is subject to review. It's I like agree. a touchdown in football. Every score and play, play in football absolutely. is. So yep. if we're going to have a game-winning shot, you yep. can review anything in the play. Right. And then it takes that away where they might I, – I think they went and looked at it for the clock, I believe. Yeah, they can't look at it for no, him. No, I know. I, but I think they right. went and looked at it, and I'm sure when they did, right. those guys saw that and were like, oh, shit. We screwed up. They right. had to. I mean, yes. they they had to do that. Yep. But I, I think that we've got to help the refs in that situation, and if it's that important of a play, game-winning shot, last play of the game, everything's reviewable. I, listen, I could not agree with you more. I mean, that, that absolutely should be changed. Um, maybe it will be, I don't know, but you're right. Last, you know, final play, everything should be reviewable. Everything's on the table for that. All right, let's move forward. We've got some, uh, month, uh, in superlatives that we're going to go through kind of rapid fire here. Uh, within about five minutes, we're going to bang through some of these and, and I'm dying to get your take, to hear your take on a few of these. So let's start with probably maybe the hardest of all, okay, house on the line. You got to bet your house on one team right now. This is not how you said – oh, you you made it sound like it was the best team right now, not to win the national title. No, no, I'm saying you got right now your house on the line for one team. Because right now most people say, all right, Purdue, maybe the best team, Virginia, whatever, that's pretty easy. Let's look down the line and say – What's the one team right now? I'm betting. I got to bet my house on a future for one team. So that's not the best team right now. You're saying the best team. Right. I'm saying who you're who who you're going to put all the chips in on to win this whole thing. Who is it? Who is it? Who are you putting all your money on to win this whole thing this year? This is right an impossible. It's an impossible question. I, I know. This is this is a different question than what we talked about last night. All right. Well, you've got to adapt. <laughs> Didn't Matt Painter teach you anything? Yes, shut up. Um, Adapt. I mean, I had four. I had four teams in consideration. Do you want me to go first? I'll buy you. I'll buy you. I I was just saying, I had four teams in consideration for the best team right now: of Purdue, Virginia, Houston, UConn. Okay. Yep. I a futures bet. Yep. Christ. Um, I will go Virginia. I love their defense. I think their offense is more than good enough to win. I like their guard play. They have a point guard who's won the national title. I'll go Virginia. I'm going Kentucky. I know. I know you're going to say like I'm crazy, but listen, they might have, to me, the best point guard and big man in the country. 
when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, Kaysen Wallace might be the best overall point guard in the country, and Oscar Shibwe is the best big man in the country, or one of them. And then they've got shooters who, again, they got to get C.J. Frederick going, but I'm going with Kentucky there. And, and they've got also plenty of motivation. Them, did you pick them to win it all at the start of the season? No. No. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I thought you did. No. I was going to say doubling down. All right. Uh, <laughs> biggest surprise so far is who, Rob? I'll go Maryland. I think Kevin Willard's done a phenomenal job. Um, he took a core of players with Dante Scott, um, Julian Reese, Hakeem Hart, and he's mixed in some really good transfers with Don Carey. And, and really, Jameer Young has been awesome. Um, Ian Martinez has been good off the bench. I worry about their depth, but they've been terrific, and I've seen them a lot. So I, I'm going with Maryland. I'm with you. I have Maryland, too. I don't know who else you could pick. They're they're by far the biggest surprise to me because – most p- people had him as an NIT team, and and Willard's done a great job so far. Uh, biggest disappointment. This is easy. I mean, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> the only other be. one. The only other one in the equation would be Villanova. To me. Yeah, but I mean, their injuries have certainly. Yes. I mean, no Whitmore. That yeah. that makes it. That's tough. right. Carolina yeah. with the expectations and the players they have back. Yep. All that yep. they they are the hands down most disappointing team so far. Uh, biggest pretender, which is a team currently in the top 15 that you just don't, you're not buying at all. I am going to go with Auburn <laughs> just because yeah, of their schedule. I mean, yeah. I, I looked it up last night. Their best win is against St. Louis, who's 54 on Kempom. They beat Northwestern by one, who then went and lost to Pitt by 30. They, they just haven't played anybody. So until they do, I, I just can't feel good about saying that they're not a pretender in the AP top 15. I can't believe we've now agreed on Maryland, Carolina, and Auburn, all three of them. Um, I'm with you, Auburn. I think every answer has been so obvious, though. Yeah, they kind of have. I mean, Auburn, you you could probably come up with maybe another pretender, but Auburn just doesn't – they haven't done anything to deserve, to warrant being in the top 15. I don't mm-hmm. have them in the top 15 in mind. I'm closer to like 22, but uh, regardless. All right, best early season coaching job is who? I'm going to go Matt Painter. And I think you could go Danny Hurley. I think yep. you could go Tony Bennett. Um, but I think the way that Purdue is playing, the way their freshmen are contributing, I mean, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith are studs. Yep. And Zach Eady has become Shaq. Um, so <laughs> I has. think the way that he's playing, I, I'd, I'd go with, with Coach Payne. Yeah, to me, it's Payne or Willard or Hurley. You can go with any of those three. Yeah, and, and Kevin Willard should be in there too, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with Willard. Just because, again, the expectations were nothing. Um, So I'll I'll go with him. Player of the year, Zach Eady, no argument, right? I don't even know if there's anybody else. Who's two? I don't even know who two is right now. Uh, That's a good question. Grace Jackson Davis, maybe? He'd be in the conversation. I The fact that Zach Eady has nine consecutive Ken Palm MVPs (laughs) is honestly – I want to know what the record is. I would love to know what – the most consecutive that Ken Palm has ever had. But, I mean, he's been unreal. So, I, I guess Trace Jackson Davis would be in that conversation. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else would be there. Um, That's it for me. All right. You have, I, you have two guys? We got to end this. We got to end this portion of it. We got to get to the Hurleys. They're waiting on us. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Goodman and Humble Podcast. Here is Danny and Bobby Hurley. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. 
That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used it multiple times and it's super easy. And again, I've gotten really good people from it. So uh, it, it makes complete sense. And again, like I've had experience doing this. Uh, all you have to do, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Goodman and Humble podcast. It is special because we've got the Hurley experience. And uh, I, I wanted to bring uh, Robbie Humble into the Hurley experience. I've done this, I don't know how many times we did. We probably did it three or four years in a row with, with Danny and Bob. Um, and we've taken the co last couple of years up. I don't know why, maybe the pandemic. Um, I, I have no idea why, but I, I'm I'm happy to have you guys back on. And we're bringing Robbie Humble into the the family, the Hurley experience. So uh, welcome, guys. Um, thanks for being on. And uh, listen, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with this. I was told by a Hurley relative, uh, the quote goes something like this. Uh, if you guys lose, you're miserable. If you guys win, you're still miserable. You guys are 19 and one combined right now. Can you smile, Dan? Can you smile? That, that, who, I don't know who said that. I'm not giving it away. That's a source. <laughs> that's a source within the family. Um, that's what I'm mostly thinking about. Like who, who's running their mouth right now uh, within the family? No. L listen, losing, definitely. Like complete misery. But you do get, I don't know, Bob, like 12, 12 hours of relief, 14 hours of relief after a win, right? I mean, it feels awesome until it turns back to... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know this, Dan, more than, than the losing and being miserable. How about the day of the game experience? How your body feels the day of the game, just the the pressure, the stress, the anxiety, what you put your body through and how you feel 
Um, I, I think that's worse than the, whether the result is winning or losing. It's just the, what leads into the game until the ball gets thrown in the air yeah. for hours and hours. It's 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 a miserable feeling. It's lifeless, right? Like a weakness uh, until you get. You're right. Until you go down the tunnel, right, Bob? Mm-hmm. And the anthem plays, and then now it's fight or flight, and and, and it's time to fight. Yeah, I would say, too, even if you want to take it another step further, it's like the hour before the game, right? Because like we, we've done everything we could do at that point. Right? You know you're going to run your first two first couple of possessions. It's uh, And now it's a very lonely feeling. Like sometimes I'll, I'll talk to you like an hour before the game or vice versa because we both like we have nothing left to do. I mean, we've thought about the game as much as we can. We have no idea what they're doing in warm-ups. We have no idea like, you know, ultimately how we're going to play we're we're starting to lose control over over that you know what are you talking about when you when you call each other an hour before the game what is that conversation about it's just oh man how how do you feel you're hanging in there you you know it's uh you know it's brutal right now what are they doing you know i don't know what's going to happen to me in one hour And, (laughs) and and like all the preparation is done the film study the you know, knowing what you're going to do the first few possessions, it's. So I always ask. I know you're watching the clock just tick away. You yeah, know? I ask Bob how much longer he wants to do this. <laughs> you know, I'll ask him that, like right before the game, right, Bob? Like, hey, how much, how much longer do we have to do it? How much longer do you want to do it? Uh, and what's, no Bob, what's Bob's answer? Generally, Bob, what is Bob's answer? I hope uh, he says longer. We have to do it. He says we have to keep going. But the uh, and then there's no one around you, Bob. Right. Everyone just tries to stay away from you. You spend a lot of time in isolation. Right. And then you have your you know, you go do your personnel. You do your game keys, your game goals. You get these little pockets. But pretty much you are just isolated and alone by yourself. Just you blame them. Wait, wait, wait. It's like you blame them for getting the hell away from you guys. Yeah, it's like a pitcher though that's throwing a no hitter or something, right? That's, like, that's kind of how you feel, right? Everyone, everyone avoids you. They, they, you know, they don't want to say the wrong thing to you. It's crazy. Danny, I want to ask you. I was reading one of Jeff's really stupid preseason articles, and he was ranking the top twenty recruiters in college basketball. And I just wanted to give you the floor to allow you to address Jeff here after not putting you on the list, which with your team is is clearly. A mistake. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways. Hey, Rob, thanks for that question too. You're welcome. I knew you'd like me. it, so I'm glad that I'm glad we it's could start with that. Welcome, well, welcome to, <laughs> to the Hurley Brother Pod here. Uh, uh, hey, listen, there's a lot that goes into I think you know being a great recruiter beyond just getting five, four, five star players. However, you get them. Um, obviously, recruiting for me is to get a player to want to play for you because they believe in your the way you're going to develop them. They want you to be in their coach. They believe in the values of your program. You sell all that. And that, to me, is recruiting. Not other reasons why a, a player goes to a particular school. Uh, also, part of making you a top 20 or top 25 recruiter you know, is the success of young players in your pro- in your program the development piece, right? Like, did the young players come in and crush it? And then, how well did you evaluate? Did you take like a top seventy five, top hundred player? Did they become a lottery pick? Like that is also too. So, without saying what I really want to say, um, that's how I'll say that. 
I mean, you listen, can say what you want to say. I yeah, would, I would love listen, to hear it. You, you, you've done it before with me. Both of you have at times. I, I still want to go back to the the years ago. I don't know if Bobby remembers this. I'm on SportsCenter early on. This is like year two of, of Bobby's tenure at Arizona State. So they're not very good. He's inherited nothing. And I'm on with Matt Barry, who's an Arizona State grad. And obviously, I'm an Arizona grad. And I'm having fun poking Matt Barry at that point that Arizona is better than Arizona State. Well, I get a call after from somebody close again, a source close to Bobby. I'll, I'll say a source. And he says, Bobby's pissed. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I do? What, what? It's it's all in fun here. Bobby's pissed. You might want to be careful. So then I see Bobby. All of a sudden, Bobby's name comes up on my phone. I'm like, ignore, ignore, ignore. <laughs> I'm not ready for this right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I've learned to to not pay attention to anything anymore, really. Um, you know, whether I make any lists of, of great recruiters, that's what people say about me. I'm a great recruiter, but but I can't really coach. So I, I but I wish I, I fully understood that. I wish someone would would be a little more specific about what area of coaching that that I'm not uh, excelling in. So just I could become better. Um, but, yeah, I don't pay pay much attention to that stuff anymore, Jeff, what people say or or recruiting rankings or, you know, any rankings. You guys are off social media. Aren't you both I mean, I I think we, I think we've won, you know, games that, that, that should put us squarely in the conversation to be in the top 25. If you just look at our Michigan win alone, but I'm not going to complain about that and just going to, you know, keep plugging along. Jeff mentioned you guys are are 19 and one. It seems like in years past when, when one of you guys was winning, the other maybe was having a, a tough start to the season, but with both teams playing so well, what, what's it been like behind the scenes in those conversations? Have they been positive? I mean, I know, like you said, you guys talk a lot. I mean, for me, it was like, you know, the Michigan win was unbelievable. We won that championship in Brooklyn. I know Dan was so supportive because, you know, two games earlier, we had a, an overtime loss to Texas Southern. So that's when we're at our best to kind of pick each other up in our in our darkest moments. So he's, you know, always there for me in that regard. And and then it was so awesome to get, you know, we were ahead of the curve on the holiday weekend. So I finally had Thanksgiving at my house for like the first time in six years. And I was able to invite a couple of coaches over on my staff. And we sat back and watched Dan uh, start in uh, in Portland and, and beat Oregon and uh, and really enjoyed a couple of days of watching him compete. But we were on totally different spectrums. Like he was suffering and, you know, in game mode. And I was kind of celebrating a holiday, which was really weird. Yeah. I mean, we listen, hey, Rob, we, we both, you know, we've both won a lot. You know, we, we, uh, you know, Bob's won a lot at Arizona state. I, I've won a lot here. It's just rare that we've, uh, you know, been on a, a streak together, you know, where, where the conversations and the, and the vibes have just, you know, been, been so positive because it's, it's hard to go on, on long winning streaks like this in college. Right. Um, and at the, at the, at the same time, and, you know, Bob's right. I mean, the best thing you could do, you know, again, I think maybe the last thing I saw, you know, before I turned off my notifications, I think I did it, um, you know, for the most part last year after we lost to Providence at home, it just, it, it got, you know, it just got, it just got too much. And then everyone but Jeff. And then when Jeff put out his top 20 recruiter list, then I, then I mute, then That's I, it. then I muted Jeff too. And so now, Somebody's probably gonna get back to me, and he'll put one out like this. Is who Jeff is too? 
he's going to put out like a top 21 list of recruiters. I'll be 21st at like five <laughs> o'clock tonight. That, that might be true. I might. But I'll never an, see an addendum it. will be issued by Jeff. One, one more coach. We'll, we'll, add, we'll <laughs> add Dan on there. Um, you know, watching you in Portland, uh, and, and I, I texted Bob right away on this. I'm watching you, and I think it might have been that first game, Dan. And, I, I, you know, generally with with both of you guys, when I see you play in person, I want to sit right behind the bench. I do. I want to sit right behind you guys because the entertainment value, you guys are entertaining. I love it. I do. I mean, I get a kick out of it, I, the intensity, the emotion, all of that. It's it's unmatched for the most part in college basketball. It really is. Uh, and I love that about college. Like, that's what college is about, right? So I'm watching Dan, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what happened to Dan? Where'd he go? And then at the end of the game, I went up to him, Bob, and I'm like, I'm like, Dan, like, what the hell happened to you? Like, you were the most mellow I've ever seen you. So what does he do? He rolls back his sleeves, Bob, and he's like, yeah, like I got a new outlook on life here. I wrote coach your team on my wrist. And sure enough, in this like marker, like he probably got it like right before the game and just like some random pen. And he just starts writing like jamming down on his wrist, coach your team. Um, Bob, like what did you think when you heard that? Um, I, I wasn't surprised. You know, I mean, Dan's a unique person. I mean, yeah, and, and you you wouldn't normally see that um, that type of uh, um, thing done. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not shocking. I mean, I know you seem to be surprised by it, but uh, a little. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Dan is is calmer because you know he he knows what he has. You know, if you you feel a little better, it's a little easier. You don't have to be as aggressive with officials if you if you have the type of team that Dan has right now. And, and Jeff, I mean, I go years five and six at Rhode Island when we were really good and we were, you know, postseason, A-10 champs, regular season champs, getting to the tournament, winning games. Uh, I wasn't really like, you know, you, you become more maniacal and, and more of that fireball when you're, you know, when you're, when you're building a program, you're trying to instill an intensity Obviously, every possession is life or death when you're not very good, you know, to either stay in a game or or to develop a mentality and a fight in your program. And as your team gets better and as your talent gets better, you know, you could you could step back and just coach your guys and, and not get caught up in, in everything else. Danny, there, there are people that are saying that you guys are the best team in the country. You know, what, what are your thoughts on even hearing that? I think we've played great um, uh, to this point. I, I think we do the we do the really hard things well, right? Like we you know we we really guard people, um, you know, both in the half court. We don't give you anything in transition defense. Um, you know, we potentially have a chance to dominate you on the backboard. Um, you know, we, we've get you know we we get maybe the best center play in the country with what we have at center. Um, and then on the wing, we, you know, on the wing, we have two, you know, potential first round draft picks if they continue to play the way they're playing. And Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins, uh, you know, a four man, I think, you know, probably doesn't get enough credit in Caravan. There's not many freshmen that, that you know, that, that you could afford to start on like a top five, top 10, whatever we are, a team in the country right now. 
and then we got tremendous depth and and, and shooting and just the, the the pieces fit. But you know, it's been a great start to the year, um, you know, for a team that was picked fourth in the league. You know, um, Bobby, you went to the portal for for your team this year. How has recruiting that? How is it different than normal recruiting? And have you had to change your approach or or learn hard lessons? I guess from doing that. Well, I think uh, you got to supplement your team through the portal. I think we were able to retain six guys. So just having a core coming back was helpful. The guys that have been in the program and then understand our system and what we're trying to do. And uh, and we were able strategically, you know, to go out there and get a guy like Warren Washington right now that's uh, interior-wise uh, giving us a big boost around the basket uh, transfer from Nevada. Uh, and then we got the Cambridge brothers who have been outstanding in their own ways, uh, you know, Des Cambridge uh, was the MVP up in New York in that event, uh, you know, could really put points on the board. We struggled to score last year, so he's kind of instant offense for us. Uh, Devin Cambridge has been just done a little bit of everything, does all the intangibles and is, uh, you know, a high right a highlight reel waiting to happen in the open court, really gets off his feet and kind of gets us going, uh, you know, emotionally. Uh, and then Frankie Collins, if this coaching thing doesn't work out, I think, you know, I should uh, focus on uh, picking point guards because uh, I got a knack for that. Uh, Frankie has been just a tremendous leader, uh, gets guys involved, plays both ends of the court, got great vision. Uh, and, and even Austin Nunez, you know, top 75 freshman, was uh, was Pac-12 freshman in a week, a few weeks back. It was great up in New York. So, um, you know, we've done very well through the portal and, you know, uh, we're going to continue to to go that route uh, strategically. Is it different though, like when you evaluate a player out of the portal versus evaluating a high school kid for for either of you guys? I mean, it's important to have honest conversations, just like you would with a high school kid, just about role and uh, you know expectations and things like that. But I mean, I like it because uh, you know you could reprogram a guy a little bit, but but you're getting a guy that has so much experience potentially played a lot of college basketball games. And it's, it's not like, you know, bringing in a high school guy. And Dan, you didn't go the portal a year ago. It was like you and Jay Wright were like the only ones that really didn't go portaling a year ago. This past year, you, you did it. You made a, obviously a choice there and it's really worked out for you. You got, I think four guys maybe out of the portal and they've all been good. Like Tristan's been much better than I thought he'd be. Joey's been awesome as an addition from San Diego. Uh, the other two guys have fit in very well as well. But was it a change where you were like two years ago, hey, I don't know if I want to do it. And then this past year, you're watching everybody else and you were almost like, we we got it. We got to go this route. Yeah. Listen, we had um, you know the, a group that had been together, RJ Cole and, and Tyrese Martin and Isaiah Whaley and Tyler Polly and, and, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Gaffney, a group of guys that, man, that had taken a program that was at the bottom of the AAC, um, you know, had gone from what happened in 2014 to, you know, I think a pro getting being closer to a 200 Ken Palm than a, than a hundred Ken Palm, right. When you get here. So that we owed it to that group. Um, I, I think, you know, getting us to the tournament in, in year three, you know, here and, and losing that first game to Maryland and then, you know, running it back with that group. I mean, that group had uh, had really solidified the program and turned things around. And and we we brought that group back and you know played to a five seed, but struggled in the tournament in large part because uh, you know the group 
from an offensive standpoint, didn't fit great. Uh, we didn't have enough shooting, didn't have enough skill, didn't have enough passing, didn't have enough positional versatility. And, uh, you know, I, I, on, on the flight, you know, the flight back from, from Buffalo, you know, it's like, uh, or the bus, man, I can't even remember. Um, you know, I knew that we needed to, we knew what we had with Andre Jackson, Adama Sonogo, and Jordan Hawkins. I knew I had a big three. You know, I knew I had a big three. I knew I had Klingon. I knew I had Caravan. I knew I had Samson Johnson, who really hasn't had a chance to show what he could do yet this year. But I, I knew that we needed some older perimeter people, you know, that um, that, that could supplement that 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 core group of like homegrown, you know, high pedigree blue chip recruits that we got straight out of high school. So, uh, but we were honest with the transfers. You know, you'd be compete, you'd be competing for a roll off the bench. You'd be competing to be a fifth starter, a, a, a first guard off the bench. And I think that's the only way that it works with the transfers is, is if you're very, very clear during the process about what the reality will be when they get there or, or else you could have some real chemistry and culture problems when they, when you get them. All right. So I'm going to give you guys a hypothetical and it's my favorite hypothetical like ever March 23rd, Madison Square Garden, Sweet 16, UConn, Arizona State, Hurley versus Hurley in, in, in the Sweet 16. Like, hey, look, how, in, how insane would you be? Would you sign up for that now, Bob? I mean, I'm looking across my office, and there's a picture of me guarding Dan in the Sweet 16. <laughs> That's the last time that I'd like to see that. You really wouldn't. If I said to you right now, you could have a Sweet 16 appearance, oh, nice. but it only involves you having to coach against Dan. Like They both have it. They both have this picture. That's, that's awesome, though. That is really cool. Look at this. That is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Same picture. Same picture. Holy shit. That's wow. phenomenal. That is Very so cool. Crazy. Would you take it? Would you sign up for that? Or would you say, like, I can't do it? So what does that mean? Does it mean that like we don't make the tournament or we lose? <laughs> yeah, it means you do not make the tournament or you go to the Sweet, sweet 16, but you have to play against Dan. Wow. Yes, I mean, I think we both would you. say yes to that. I mean, we'd buy, you know, I mean, we have to do it. If we have to do it, we'll do it. We know we wouldn't want to do it. But yeah. which side would your would your dad sit on? With the half jacket again. Right in the middle. <laughs> Literally right jacket. in the middle. Your mom? Half jacket. They'll do Come like on. the half sweatshirt. There's half. no hey Dan, there's no way you're your mom's favorite. There's no way. No. I'm not buying it. No, I think she feels the same way about both of us. I mean, we're both <laughs> like the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> I look at it like this though. For me, I you know, I, I you know, obviously my relationship with Bob, it's uh you know, uh, you know, best friend, you know, the, we live the same exact life to a T up to this day. It's crazy, right? Like, except he was the seventh pick and I was a gym. You were teacher. the 700. <laughs> I was a phys ed and driver's ed teacher my first year, but um, out of college. But, you know, like even I, I felt like, uh, you know, you know, playing Nate this year. And I said this to Bob, it's like, you know, trying to make these games just about, you know, execution and, and, and poise and, and play into your identity and not getting wrapped up in like crowd or opponent, or, you know, and I, and I think I, I've benefited a lot from, you know, just talking to Bob a lot in the preseason and, 
and his mentality. I mean, you talked about my focus. I mean, you know, his, his focus doing what he did, you know, having to play that brutal game in Texas before going to the garden and then coaching the way he coached, uh, you know, through the VCU game and then the dominant performance against Michigan, like, you know, I, that's rubbed off. I mean, I've taken a lot from Bob and the way he's managed himself and controlled his emotions and has coached as good as anybody in the country uh, to this part of the year. Growing up, yeah. I, I had a, a younger brother and I certainly saw how competition could bring out interesting things. You know, whether it was working together on staffs at Rhode Island or Wagner or or growing up as kids, was there ever a time where you guys were going to beat each other's ass? Because <laughs> I I've seen that. You know, I I'm just yeah. I'm curious. I'm I'm sure there there was. I mean, it kind of. I mean, it's like two brothers that are you know playing football or you know playing one on one. I mean, you're always going to have some, I guess, heated moments, some arguments, and then all of a sudden one day it shifts and becomes. Like when you hit a certain age where there there is no more you know competition and these guys are just so tight, everything you've been through together. That's how I looked at it. You you grew up in Jersey City, Bob, and um, just always outside playing stuff, right? And you're always playing stuff with all types of kids. Jersey City is the most diverse city in the country. You know, um, it's actually fact. So like you're um, you're always outside playing competitive games. You're going to get into fights. You get the fights with your brother. You get the fights with the with Savino, right? You're gonna just get into fights, <laughs> right? Um, and then Bob, I'll say this: at Wagner and then at Rhode Island, like I'm just gonna call Bob out. Like if he would suggest like a defense or me run something, and if I didn't do it, he would get <laughs> super pissed. <laughs> what if it didn't work, then? What well, if no, you did it and it didn't work? What would you? I would say? glare, but I, I'm, I'm. That's not my thing. I see other head coaches like rip assistants during a game about. A scouting out under they missed i'm like yo how is that guy even you know you're, you're you suck as a big man coach because your guy like didn't like get position like and then bob it um i would suggest things over suggest right if i would suggest <laughs> it one time and then say it again and maybe a third time and then i usually would get the look like stop yeah. what was there do you remember bob like do you remember when you were kids give me a great story of when you guys were kids and either, either you went at it with each other or had to have each other's back. Do you remember like one in Jersey city? Oh, uh, have each other's back. Oof. How about the time we were throwing, uh, throwing the baseball in the backyard, Dan, and the ball went through the window into our, into our basement where we, where we, we stayed the two of us. And, uh, and we, we kind of covered up the window for, what was it like a day and a half or two days, you know, until, dad found out about it and you know that was uh that was a tough situation right dan we had to, yeah. we had to work our way through that one i, I don't know yeah. why that one just came to mind but i tried to we tried to we tried to get our bopchi you know my mom's mom to blame it on the garbage men right <laughs> garbage men in jersey city you know that in our neighborhood they didn't do a great job they left a lot of debris and so we tried to blame them but the, i remember you know, I was, you know, Bob was home. I was running my mouth in the country village courts and I got into a fight with uh, a kid and Bob's maybe a year older than Bob. I'll leave him nameless. Um, I think he lived on Sycamore and, uh, and I, I was running my mouth. He was a, a couple, four years older than me and he was, he was, he was whooping me and somebody I think ran home and told Bob and Bob ran 
and and beat his and beat his uh, beat his ass. Came out. Of- I think he was he was probably I think he was one year older than me in school, so that gives you more cred than I was big right? for Bob and, and no one would try me, you know. So that was that was good. That worked hey, out. Did you guys get the belt from your dad or no? I think you can you can admit that now. I, I don't think if it happened today, you couldn't admit it. Your dad would end up in jail. But but I think from 20, 30 years ago, you can admit if your dad got you with the belt. Did he how 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 tough was he on you guys though? He was tough. Dan, you want to take this or yeah, he was tough. I mean, he was tough. Bob wants no part of this one. Oh, my dad was tough. I mean, but you know, it's like anything else. Um, you know, he uh he cared. I mean, he cared so much about his players, cared so much about us. You know, he showed his love for us through the time he spent with us and the sacrifices he made, um, you know, not doing the college thing, not doing the career thing because um, he wanted to coach Bob in high school. I mean, there was that window where he was offered the Xavier job with Pete Gillen and he stayed, um, you know, in, in, in large part, I think, because, you know, of Bob and Bob was going into his freshman year of high school. And, um, but he showed his 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 love for us through the the time he spent and all the the work ethic and the the character that he instilled in us that maybe you resent it when you know you resent it when you're a teenager maybe you resent it maybe when you're in your 20s but then you appreciate it when you become a parent and you appreciate it when, when you get into your 30s and you realize you know how much it's done for you who's the most I, emotional I I Go couldn't ahead, have said that any better, Jeff, uh, Dan. That was unbelievable. But I'll just add just the selflessness that, you know, that my dad and my mom had for us, you know, just the, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And, and you know, that that paycheck most likely was going for a camp that that we might go to in the summer and, uh, you know, wasn't going in their pocket. And like Dan touched on, just so, so unselfish with their time for us, which, uh, and the preparation for for obviously uh, for us for the future was was uh, unmatched. The most emotional Hurley is who? And you can't male Hurley, not female Hurley. The most emotional male Hurley is who? I cry a lot. Is that true? Do you? What do you? What's the last time you cried? Was was what over what? Um. You know, the day of uh, Wednesday, um, Aubrey Jimenez, uh, you know, and, and Mario, uh, you know, who's, who passed away, lost her battle of cancer. Huge UConn fan, family, uh, Jimenez family, Mario and Kimber from uh, family from Bridgeport. Huge UConn fans have moved to Florida. He's a big time baseball coach um, in Florida, runs an academy there. Uh, his daughter, uh, Aubrey, passed away. We met her in March on Selection Sunday. Um, and she passed a couple months after, and you know the, uh, the the parents came in to to meet with the team and talk to the staff, and uh, you know it it, it was uh, emotional. But after a, you know a big win, uh, a, a tough loss, proud of your kids, proud of your brother. I mean, you know, just it's, you know, laugh, cry, yell, it's all good. Bobby, what's it been like for you this year? I it's it's hard because I know you have some pressure to win this year. I try to put in perspective for people. I went to Arizona, so I know what that Arizona program has been like and how difficult it is to win there and how few people have won. You had gone to two straight tournaments, were set to go to a third straight. I don't I don't know if that's ever happened 
at the program before that they've gotten three straight NCAA tournaments. There's not a ton of history there. How have you been able to navigate that part of it, the emotional part, like Dan said, with everything that you've kind of gone into the season trying to focus on on just coach and not worry about the outside noise? That It's not easy to do, especially for you guys. I got an unbelievable support system. You know, I uh, I could call Dan anytime and talk to him, obviously, and we talk all the time. But, you know, my wife, Leslie, is is unbelievable. My daughter's are so supportive. Um, I, I kind of blank everything out during the game and I'm just locked in. It's kind of like uh, the Kevin Costner movie when he's pitching and, you know, and, and stuff where you, uh, you know, turn on the mechanism or whatever. And, but, you know, my daughter, Sydney is behind the bench or my daughter, Cameron, and, and I could hear them yelling, you know, stuff out during the game and stuff. So they are, they're awesome support and just behind the scenes stuff. Like if I'm going through pressure or, or a stressful situation, that I'm working through to have, you know, my wife, Leslie, my daughters, you know, Sydney and Cameron and my son, Bobby, to be able to talk to. And, and I have my son on my team like Dan does right now. So what a, you know, what great feeling that is to have him around. I can't tell you how many games, you know, we've watched together over the years and to see him out there and have him on road trips and go to dinner the night before games. So it, it kind of puts everything in perspective for me. And, uh, you know, the pandemic was really tough. We had to wear a lot of hats and do a lot of different things as coaches we've never had to do before. And then you add the NIL and the transfer portal. It's just been a lot to like work through and navigate through. So just trying to stay in the moment, enjoy my team, have fun with these guys. I've really, really been blessed with the, with the great group. And it's been a lot of fun coaching them. On top of those two things, the portal and, and NIL, kids have changed from when you guys played, from when I played. As two coaches who are probably considered more old school, how much have you had to adapt or how much have you had to change your philosophy on some of those things? I think you got to just, you know, manage. It's about managing people and, and understanding what makes people tick and different personalities. And you coach guys a little bit different based on that. I think these kids have a lot more to deal with than, than Dan and I did when we played. And I mean, you could just start with social media. It's like if I had a bad game, I mean, you know, people might see it on TV or read about it in the newspaper, but people aren't tweeting at me. You know, right. you know it's just like different. The pressures are different for these kids. to. So you got to be, you know, recognize that, you know, they have a bad game. They're going to get potentially attacked by whoever on social media. How does that impact them and stuff? So you know, we try and, you know, have a pulse on, on those things and try and limit their pressures as much as we can. There's still Robbie too. I think it's like relative to trying to find that there, there still are, you know, some like families and inner circles and, and, and kids themselves, you know, that, that still kind of, you know, have that, that value system, you know, like that you could still find the shared values, right. Mm -hmm. You could still, you know, find, find, you know, incredibly competitive players that really want to win, you know, that, that have a gym rat mentality, um, you know, that, that are willing to sacrifice and, and, and want to be on a mission with a group. I just think that there's less of them. Obviously there's less of them and you've got to kind of work harder to find them. I, I think that the, the, the good thing for me and Bob is that, you know, we get eliminated from certain types of people because they'll come and take a campus visit and they'll watch us practice and we're both really authentic, you know, like we're, we're family people, like Bob said, like, 
you know, everything that we do is family centered. My wife, Andrea, you know, I, I got lucky just like Bob did. We both married Jersey girls that will check us in a second, right? Check us in a second when we're getting a little too big for our britches. Um, you know, and then, you know, both of my sons, Danny and Andrew are like incredibly close to the program. So it, it's, um, you know, it, it's, we both want to, to be a part of like transformational situations with, with, with the people that we encounter, our coaches that hopefully will elevate the players and, and not transactional stuff. All right. Well, listen, uh, Robbie, what do you think? The Hurley experience, you know, first I, one for you? Yeah, I, I think it was pretty tame. I'm impressed. I thought I thought they were great. Yeah, you got a mellow listen. <laughs> you got them at 19 and one. This isn't normal to get to get Bobby and Dan. This look at them. They're both smiling. This may never happen. I'm honest, I'm honestly shocked that they'd agreed to come on here with you because <laughs> you make it sound like it's listen, it's gonna be chaos. Listen, I, I might have had to give them a little bit extra NIL or something to get them on here. But we I, I love doing I've known them both a long time. Uh, it, it's very, very cool to see you both uh, winning at this uh, level. And and Dan, you might you might crack my top 20 uh, when I revise my top 20 recruiters. You might. I, it's close. I don't know. It, it, it's close. 21. 21. 21. There's nothing wrong with being 21. To 21. That's right. That's right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck in the future. And we'll talk soon. All right. Later, guys. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.